Hello, hello, and welcome to the Top Guys Movie Podcast. Today we're going to be discussing our favorite Netflix shows and movies and a bunch of honorable mentions and a bunch of stuff about Justin's uh, personal life that maybe we didn't need to discuss. Uh, Looking forward to having that conversation. Join us, won't you? Hey everybody, welcome to the Top Guys Podcast. Uh, my name's Jim Davis, and the other top guy is here with me as well, Justin Gardy. Justin, what's up? Uh, not much, Jim. Just, um, just got caught in a rain. Actually, um, I got my uh, first COVID vaccine shot today. Nice. Got that. Um, was sweating after I got it, but I'm not quite sure if that was from anxiety. Um, and then my legs started feeling like jello throughout the rest of the day. Um... But I feel fine right now, so we'll see what happens. You know, this is just got to get chug along through this one because you know I'm a, I'm a wild card at this point. You don't know, you know, I might, you know, I might <laughs> they, just pass out. They say the second one is the yeah. is the one that really takes you out. I'm getting the second one on uh, on Friday, so little little nervous about that, but you know, whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna be just fine. I'm tough. I'm one of top. I'm. It's called top guys. I'm a top guy. It'll be fine. Um. I was going to ask you, have you found a new work best friend? No, not yet. I don't have a new work best friend. I'm, uh, it's going to be harder to find a work best friend now because, uh, you know, we're all, it's completely remote, you know, so, you know, I had, you, we went to lunch for, you know, a year straight, so it was yeah. easy to, you know, it was a little easier when you're face to face, but working remote, it's a little, I got to show people my value over Slack over WebEx, which is a lot harder to do, you know? Yeah, you're definitely, you know, you're more of an in-person guy. Oh, yeah. Got to be in the room with me in order to get my shtick. What's, uh, what's funny, though, is because in today's society, everyone's friends on Instagram they've never actually met in real life. That's true. But I don't, you know, I'm not a social media guy. I don't have a big presence. So I think we'll have to create a Top Guys, like, Twitter page as well. Um, just right. so we can, you know, try and get some more followers, try and push it out a little more content. We'll see. We'll, we're going to have to figure all that well, stuff you, out. You're the, you're the, I mean... I know I, I have a marketing, but um, you know you're the you're, you know what you're doing. You know you're a musician. You know you're in someone in an industry. Um, obviously, you Show failed biz. musician because you're in sales now. But if you could just you know you have a little bit of um, some experience. You know, for me, I don't know how to sell myself. I have 300 something followers on Instagram. They all hate me. Um, <laughs> Selena Gomez has over a hundred million. I think she's one of the higher ones. Obama. Well, she's- I think- She's one of the top people. Well, around, let me go so. to. I'll go to like a fat. I'll go to a food blogger in Austin, um, Jane Coco, who's actually a pretty good food blogger. That, blogger that I follow. Um, so she's got ninety-seven thousand followers, which is not absurd. I mean, it's a lot, but it's, it's not a lot. It's a lot. So she posts. Here's one post from a day ago. Uh, while the winter storm is over, she's um, doing an ad for Pop Jobs. She only got fifteen hundred likes. Now, that's not a good percentage. Mike, but here's the thing that I want to ask is that I know that uh, a lot of people on Twitter, I don't know if it's the case on Instagram, but I know you can like buy followers, right? Like you can, like there's bot programs out there that will just like push followers out to you so it looks like you have a lot of followers even though you don't. So she might really have like 2,000 followers, but the other, you know, 90,000 she paid for, you know, and she paid for Well, I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to that if we're gonna if we're gonna become successful. I mean, it takes money to make money. You know, you gotta you gotta invest in yourself. Do you think the companies that she works for? I'm sure they can pick up if there's fake people. Because here's another. I mean, even Civil Goat Coffee, which is in Austin, I guess, uh, 1,200 likes. I mean, what's the percentage? Twelve. 
ten percent's nine thousand, five percent's four and a half, two and a half percent is like two two five. I mean, she's getting less than two and a half percent likes now. You're the me, numbers guy. You're the you're I'm a numbers. Guy. You love numbers. You love you love thinking about it. Been, getting percentages. You love it. Well, I should have been an accountant, but at the University of Nebraska, um, that was one of the hardest classes in business. So I took it at community college with everyone else from the University of Nebraska. <laughs> um, so I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure I'm made out. Wait, hold on. So so people at University of Nebraska went to the community college to take accounting because the accounting program at the University of Nebraska is so hard. Okay, so in the, there's nothing wrong with community college. No, not at all. I mean, I barely went to college at all. So who am and I? And actually, judge? I was actually leading towards that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing. You know, there's plenty of successful people coming going. I'm, I'm going to community college. You know, um, I mean, University of Nebraska is not all that great of a school. Uh, you know, I mean, good enough. Mean, good enough for Johnny Carson. It's good enough for Johnny Carson, and um, that might be about it. To be honest with you. Warren Buffett was there for a week, I think. Oh, was he? He didn't graduate? Like, you were at Guilford, but they're not claiming you for uh, as an alumni. I I don't have the money that Warren Buffett has either. So, yeah. No. It's a big differentiating factors there. Um, Well, listen, hey, man, it's great getting caught up with you. Do we want to talk about today's topic, or do we want to just keep shooting the shit? Do you have something else you want to talk about? Uh, No. Actually, you know, uh, let me start off with today's topic just because it was my idea. Um, Please. So... Jim and I were thinking about ideas. Um, what I said is, let's let's do the top three shows on Netflix. Now, when I texted him that, I said, do not text me your shows. I was in the <laughs> middle of writing that. No, no, I was in the middle of writing it, and he texted me <laughs> shows. So there's not as much uh, mystery. Now, let me tell you something else. I said, top shows on Netflix. If you graduated college, you would know the wording. <laughs> I didn't say top Netflix shows. I said top shows on Netflix. So what that means is it doesn't have to be a show produced by Netflix. Oh, see, I got screwed up there that's well, like, because that's because you, you went to a week of college and that's the problem. I mean, I've got a lot of life experience, though. I mean, doesn't life experience add up to, to four years of college or no? It does. But when you mix the two words, top shows on Netflix. Well, you could have just said top streaming shows, or I guess it, it only has to be Netflix, right? So it can, it can be on Netflix, but it doesn't necessarily have to be produced exactly. by Netflix. So that's going to change. I have some honorable mentions that I'll add. You probably might think of some off the end. So that's that's going to change your top three probably. Uh, the other thing is, you know, what platform? Netflix, I find, feel, is probably the most universal platform. Like everyone has Netflix. Um and it is very difficult to pick, um, especially the way I was doing it with uh, every, you know, any, anything you can stream on Netflix. The, you know, I was thinking like HBO Max. HBO Max has those HBO shows and that's, I mean, you're digging. Like you roll Sopranos at one. Like it's, it is, you can spend hours on HBO. Oh, the Sopranos, I could go through. I could probably do the entire series over again. I might even start doing the entire series over again just because I love The Sopranos so much. Right. That, that that's oh yeah, that show is that show is maybe the best show ever uh, yeah. on HBO. I mean, I know The Wire's up there too. Everybody loves The Wire. I love The Wire too. But for my money, uh, I mean, I even like the finale of The Sopranos. So I'm I'm one of those weird people that just really dug that show from beginning to end. Really looking forward to, and we'll eventually have to do a show about uh, the Many Saints of Newark, which is the uh, David Chase movie. 
um, about it's the prequel to The Sopranos. It's about Tony Soprano when he's a kid and his son plays him. It's it's a whole mess, but I'm looking forward to, to seeing that when it comes out. All right. So when I when I said the way you know how you interpret top three, I didn't mean interpreted by. Is it Netflix shows or is it shows on Netflix? Yeah, I but it doesn't. Got, to me, at this point, it doesn't matter. It because, doesn't matter because but, I picked I picked Netflix programs, and that's fine. Uh, and that's, that's fine. fine. That's yeah. fine. And the other thing I like to interpret is, and I will explain the ones I chose. There's reasoning. It's not necessarily the top, and we'll get into it. But some of it is when it came out. Um, some of it, and I'll explain a little bit later when I when I get to the show. Um, it's not necessarily top rated. So should we get right into it? I, I asked Harrison um, for his, he listed five, but he gave me another interesting answer, kind of like mine, right? Um, do you want me to start with that? Well, I do. Is, do we want to start with Harrison's picks? I mean, yeah, I want to hear what Harrison had to think. But also, like, Harrison is, you know, he likes prestige shows. He likes, you know, so I'm sure, like, The Irishman might have been in there no. or something. No, no he's, okay. He's giving interesting reasons. Um, he goes, he said, all shows on Netflix from different genres. I didn't put the best because everyone knows the best. I put the ones that people should give a try if they haven't already. So it's, yeah. really, that's even not even really what I asked. But right, but um, I like I like where his head's at. So yeah, I want to hear these picks. Yeah, so he went Formula One Drive to Survive, which I think that just came out. Um, Sounds terrible, but I can ahead. I can promise you I will never watch that ever. Uh, number four. I, I, I don't care about Formula One. I'm sorry. No, that's for rich assholes who rich take assholes. helicopters out to Coda. Uh, that's not my sport. People watch stuff like that, and I'm just baffled by it. Why would you also anyone... don't look rich enough? I don't look rich enough. I need to really oh, change you... the way I look. Well, the bald thing, the beard. I mean, you look borderline KKK. Well, but... I look very alt right, and very but that, right. You know? I mean, outwardly I look that way. Inwardly, I'm you know I'm East Coast. I'm very liberal. Very liberal guy, um, you know, have the opposite idea. But it's funny. I went to just to get off on a tangent here. I went to Mexico uh, a couple of years ago, went to Cancun and, I'm, you know, I look the way I look. I'm a big, beefy dude with, uh, you know, shaved head and a beard. And I was wearing I brought an American flag bathing suit, which I didn't really think too much about oh, at yeah. the time. But I was like walking around and my wife was like, everybody here is probably spitting into everything that you eat and drink with your stupid American flag. bathing suit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I didn't even think about, it. I was like, yeah, look at me. I look like such a alt-right guy. Uh, and we're not and saying I, the American flag things. It's just, it is such a, whenever I see someone hang an American flag, like off their, their thing, their deck on their apartment or whatever, it's like, I've already put them in the conservative category. Yeah, for sure. For and sure. I like and the U S I love flags, go flags, but it's just a, it's just one of those things where it's like that and also the blue line thing through the like uh oh the yeah the thin blue line i mean brothers are cops but you know it's different when obama if obama was president or even biden like he can maybe get away with wearing an american flag bathing suit in mexico but in the oh. trump era no i i should have i should have burned those and and bought some uh Bought some Obama bathing bathing suits and wore those down there. Do, uh, anyway, yeah, I probably ate a lot of spit when I was in Mexico and in Cancun that do time. Do you anyway. think lack of education led to that decision? I don't know if it's it's definitely earlier. I tried to make the argument that life experience makes up for lack sure. of education, but the story I just told completely disproves that. 
right? Because exactly. <laughs> if I had any sort of head on my shoulders, I would have been like, probably don't bring your American flag bathing suit to Mexico, you giant idiot. But yeah. I did. So, you know, that was probably your three at Guilford. I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life. That's, I wouldn't say that's top 10, but, you know, it's up there. I think about it a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't well, know if it's that bad. Whatever. Let's hear Harrison's uh, next uh, reason for his next so, ridiculous so choice. Next formula, <laughs> formula one. Okay. So the next one is what you always said I should watch, and I watched five minutes of it and I hated it. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Hilarious! I can't believe you don't like that show. It's no. so funny. I don't. I think it's. I think it's too forced. Uh, number three is Black Mirror. Oh, great show! I liked some of it. I liked some of the sh- episodes. Some of them, they all of them weren't decent. Some were. There were some that were awful, and I don't like that. But yeah, but there's only a handful that were awful. For the the majority of those shows are very very good. American Horror Story at two. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess there's a lot of people that are into that because there's been a ton of seasons of that show. But mm. I just that's not my genre. I mean, it is kind of I do kind of like the horror genre, but I, I can do like an hour, 90 minute movie about it. But I'm not investing a whole season into some wacky horror show. And I know no. you aren't either. No, I'm not. I'm not a horror guy. And it's I'm not, I actually did try it once. Um, I'm confused about the whole seasons where they're like adding like Lady Guy. I don't even is that the are we even talking about the same show right now? Yeah, right. Yeah, Lady Gaga's on that show. I don't yeah, even get sure. it. Are they in hotels killing each other? I don't. Even, you know what? I'm not even dabbling into this. So far, he's listed four shows and one. I've only watched one. Uh, and then somebody feed Phil, which I watched one episode, and I didn't really. I thought he was. I didn't like it. Wait, I don't know what this is. Somebody feed Phil. What is, what is this? Yeah, I think Phil's the direct. Phil's from some show, some famous show, and he uh, goes around and like eats food. Somebody oh, it's feed like, Phil. It's, it's a food yeah, show. So, yeah, Phil is uh, Phil Rosenthal is the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond. Wow! But since guy, that show went off air, he has gotten more on camera exposure. It's got a nine. I mean, it's got an eight point two from IMDb. I just I watched one. I couldn't. Me and Phil didn't click. You know. I will say that I really like the uh, Stanley Tucci. Finding Italy show on uh, Discovery, I think it's on. So good. Um, Tucci, yeah, top. Tucci's a top guy. Yeah, we had. There's no doubt about that. We had a conversation in the last one. I know. I, I, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna plug Stanley Tucci in every single podcast. I think. I mean, I don't think he's that. I think what was his breakout? Devil Wears Prada. Was that like the big one? Yeah, yeah, that was kind of his biggest one. I think. Um, like the I core mean, is not. Wasn't that? I mean, it was big, but it wasn't. <laughs> We're back on the. Well, I can't think of that many movies that he's in, to be honest with you. But everything he's in, he's phenomenal in, right? He's never so the like, main character. He's never the main character. He's 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 a supporting character. He's a character actor. But everything he does, he's he's very very good in it. So, uh, oh man, I'm trying to think. Uh, anyway, yeah, he's been in a ton of crap, but he's been in a bunch of stuff that he's not like the star of. And so. I do like supporting our Italians because I was. Talking to my mother the other day, and I said, "You guys support Italians so much when they're on TV because there's like four successful Italians in this country, and um, Fauci's one, Cromo, and then he started, <laughs> then he started harassing girls. So you got to back that one off. Well, and uh, he just legalized weed in New York to try and get people off his back, which I thought was pretty smart. No, well, I mean that's you got to yeah redirect. That's good, uh, and maybe Tucci's three. Like you know, you, you ever go to the you ever get a physical and there's an Italian doctor? No, 
No. I've never had an Italian doctor, to be honest. Never had Nobody with a vowel at the end of their name, never. (laughs) No, no. So that's why when Fauci shows up on the screen, they were all screaming. They were like... This guy's done a million movies, too, by the way. I don't know if if he would be a top guy, necessarily, uh, for the podcast, but he's done a lot of movies. He's done. He's he, has, way, he does way more movies than than Butler. That's for sure. But not a lot of oh Beethoven. I remember him in Beethoven. Um, he does four or five movies every year. This guy's he's been in some him good out. ones. But here's the thing: you say he's great, but he was he was never even really the. He's not even sometimes the second guy. So it might not necessarily. Yeah, he's good in the movie, but how much of it is him? Stanley Tucci's your guy every day and twice on Sunday. All right. I mean. It's good to know. I, I mean, I mean, the guy's Italian for Christ's sake. What else do I got to do? Guardian? I'm not jumping yeah. on the Italian bandwagon. I completely think it's ridiculous that no Italians can become successful. Um, not successful, but they all they all want to do the labor. You know, I don't. I'm not a labor guy. I don't like if you're if I'm sweating at work. I'm not. I'm. Uh, that's not good. <laughs> right. It's, Italian Italian people do love labor, but that's you know that's how they made it big in this. Well, two ways they made it big via the organized crime, yeah. and then if they're not doing organized crime, then they're masons. You know, a lot of stone sure. masons in the in the Italian. But why not be an accountant? I mean, they they were they didn't speak the language. They had to do something with their hand when they first came over from Sicily and in Italy and stuff. Oh, and the Asians did. Uh, yeah, the Asians, the Asians built the railroads for crying out loud. Yeah, of course they use their hands. Everybody uses their hands for at least a generation, and then and then the kids that that come up, then the parents encourage them to be doctors and lawyers and stuff. Except for the Italians, they say, "Yeah, you just stick with the stone masonry." With, even the sports, not many Italian athletes that I can think of, like football. I mean, I'm sure there's there's some that you know with. Some resemblance, like as much Italian as I have in me. Vinny Testaverde is the first one that comes to my mind. That's yeah, a very Vinny Italian Testaverde. name. I'm trying to think of its other Italian names. And it's like, you know, even hockey, Italian names. And it's like. I mean, yeah. hockey is not. You know what you probably have? Dan Marino. You'll, you'll I mean, see more Joe in, Montana. But Joe Montana is not Italian. For all no. intents and purposes, he's not Italian. He looks Italian. Uh, I mean, kind of. But you, when we're talking Italian, we're not talking off the boat. But we're not talking. Joe Montana, who – where was Joe Montana even born? Uh, let me see. California, Northern California. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, not, that's not Italian. No, they, you come from Northern California. You're no, Italian. he's from Pennsylvania. Well, he was oh, born he really? in Pennsylvania. Yeah, New yeah. Eagle. But where did he Northern. grow up, though? Where did he grow up, though? I don't know the history of Joe Montana. I know that he's selling Skechers. That's all I know about Joe Montana. He's won oh, a few Super Bowls. He's definitely selling sketches right now. Uh, I served him a beer once when I was bartending. Was no, he grew up in Managigela. A coal mining town. I mean, this guy, I mean, that's pretty Italian. I mean, yeah, that's where a lot of people who work with their hands come from, that's for sure. He and just I mean, arguably, Joe Montana worked with his hands too. I mean, being an athlete isn't exactly, you know, using your using all of your brain, you know, it's a lot of physical intelligence. All right. We're not getting into that part of the thing. All I was talking about is Italians become plumbers. That's all I wanted to get to. to. Right. <laughs> if you want to get You're just thinking about into- Mario and Luigi. Yeah, they were never really that successful, were they? That well, I mean, they might be the the two most famous Italian people of all time. Well, no, Super actually, Mario and his and his brother Luigi. That's great. So the three most famous Italian people are all fake: Rocky and Mario and Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? There, you know what? There are probably a lot of uh, famous uh, soccer soccer Italians. Yeah, but that doesn't I, I just count because they're from sport. Italy. That doesn't count. 
Oh, we're talking it, American Italians? Italian yeah, Americans. Italians in Italy are a totally different breed. Italians in the U.S. are, it's completely different. I mean, they're scumbags no matter where you go, but. Yeah, fine. but they're a little better looking in Europe. Uh, oh, they're yeah. a lot better way, looking. Way better style. Way better style. Way better style. Um, they're a little more rapey, too. They're a little, a little more rapey in, in Italy. Than, and that's saying something because Italians are, you know, East Coast Italians are pretty rapey to begin with. But uh, they're but, they're they're like they're um, clever rapey, though, in, in Europe. Yeah. See, here in the East Coast, they're just loud, fat, obnoxious yeah. rapey. Yeah. Top guys. So, yeah. Um, so let's, you know, let's uh, let's transition. move on. Let's digress. The Italians. Okay, so I'm not going to give you my list here. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a little bit of my honorable mentions. Well, wait, you, was that was that the end of Harrison's list? Yeah, he gave five that aren't necessarily okay. the best. He didn't even answer my question, so no. he gave me a good list and a reason, but that wasn't the question. So I, I mean, he went to St. Edwards. So it's all this education thing. It's coming full circle. <laughs> you get shitty education, you don't answer the question correctly. <laughs> so St. Edwards. Uh. Yeah, and audience, you look up St. Edwards and tell me what you think. So, top school in Austin. And don't get me wrong. Everyone that goes, I don't want any. Okay, listen, I'm not talking bad about St. Edwards. A lot of this, I'm saying this all in just, you know, fun. However, no one at St. Edwards said, oh, let's go there instead of UT. Yes, that's very true. Okay. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, agree. Listen, I went to Nebraska. I'm just making a thing. I didn't go to a good school. I mean, you know, I'm not some Ivy League Ivy scholar over here. But I'm just saying St. Edwards is like you didn't get into UT, but you don't want to leave Austin because uh, you're just never going to leave the city. <laughs> loving, loving Austin, loving Texas, but can't make it at the UT level. And yeah. that's true for the sports too. If you know, if you're a baseball player and you can't cut it at UT, or you're a basketball player, then you go over. You either play at St. Edwards or you, uh, you know, you just play intramural. That's all yeah. you can do. You just do a little intra, and then that's it. Um, actually, in this podcast, uh, when you publish it, Harrison wants to hear it, so that could be interesting too. So <laughs> now he knows. We, now that we he knows, talk, he, he knows, knows about St. Edwards. He knows what he did. So. Let's get into it. I'm going. I'm going to give you some of the honorable mentions. And I love a brief it. Brief explanation on why they're honorable. Oh, mentions. we're starting. We're starting with honorable mentions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, because it's interesting. So, like, and you didn't look at it this way. So, um, you're gonna have to kind of wing it in terms of uh, understanding why they're honorable mentions, right? So, like, Departed. Why wouldn't the Departed be in the top three? If you ask anyone. Uh, in the movie industry, do you think that the Departed would be in the top three movie? The Departed, um, Departed is in the top three movies for me of all time. Exactly. So exactly. So yeah, so, I'm I'm going to kind of challenge you in this, but I want to hear your reasoning for why it's only an honorable mention and not in the top three. Okay, so the reasoning is not that it's obvious, but kind of it's obvious. But the reasoning is more going to be why I chose the other three. So that's that's. Uh, at a later date, time. Uh, Nightcrawler, oh, so, training. So day. we gotta wait. We gotta wait for the reasoning. For yeah, the yeah, reason. yeah. So oh, I'm okay. just giving All you right. ones though that I'm giving you ones that are an honorable mention. Um, ones that are obvious ones that, with a lot of other people, it could be in the top three. So Training Day, maybe I don't know. Nightcrawler, Breaking Bad. Oh, you're naming all my favorites, man. I know. The one that I almost made the list, and this has to do with because I think season one and was one of the best season ones I've ever seen. I would put this at four. 
right? So here's my number four. And the reason why um, is has nothing to do with my son and how I got his name. That is, I don't even care about that. It's more the first season was one of the best season ones is House of Cards. Yeah. Yeah. House of Cards season one is fantastic. It draws you in. It's uh, David Fincher, who is so phenomenal. I, you know, you, you love all of his movies. They're so, they have such a dark uh, feeling around them. But yeah, he produced that and uh, and helped kind of show run that, I think, the first season. So that's why this the first season of that show stands out so much against uh, all the rest of the seasons. And then also, you know, Kevin Spacey got... Got me too or whatever yeah. happened to him. No, no. It. Spacey was was uh touching boys, I think. Yeah, like but not just touching like under very underage boys and stuff. So. Well and not even the touching you know, it's the other thing was I think just like randomly jerking off in front of people, which I think is kind of funny. I don't even know if that should be, <laughs> I don't even know if that should be illegal. Like like it's it's trust me, I would never do it, it's sick. But it's kind of funny that in your mind you think sitting in the corner and jerking off in front of someone who's like brushing the hair is like normal. I think that's kind of funny. It's it's not not comical, so I'm going to agree with you there. But it's also what happened to Louis C.K., right? So, I mean, his he got, you know, kind of pushed away because that's what he was doing. But I always felt, and this, I, you know, I don't want to get too kind of, you know, oh, cancel culture, you know, all that stuff. Because I feel like that's a big right-wing thing, and I, I don't identify with it. But the thing I always said about Louis C.K., and he did kind of wield his power in the, in the comedy world, but... From my understanding, is he always asked permission first, right? Which okay, That's I feel nice like I feel like if someone says yes, then I mean, and they're above and they're of age, why not? That's I mean, is that really such a bad thing? But I guess it is. I mean, I, and why? Why is it a bad thing? People fuck trees. People people fuck trees since I, I'm <laughs> sure there's someone out there that has that has fucked a tree before, right? I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Ever, so, ever, there isn't a thing on this planet probably that okay, someone yeah. out there hasn't fucked. So it's not illegal to ask someone if they can jerk off in front if you can jerk off in front of them. I mean, it's out there. I, it's wild. No, it's, it's bananas. It's not illegal. It's definitely not illegal. It's just maybe immoral and maybe uh and I think he was married at the time, which is weird. Well, that's you yeah, know. so that's the thing, but I'm talking I mean, what is going on in your mind if you're not asking? I'm just sitting in the corner. I'm eating Skittles. You know, I'm having some Skittles, maybe some, some uh, you know, Raisinets or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, reading a magazine. And all of a sudden, I feel the urge. I don't know where I am. You know, let's say I, uh, I, don't, I don't know necessarily where I could be because in the movies, in, you know, when they're doing the um, – <clears throat> sets and stuff they're in their rooms or whatever so i'm trying to yeah, think you're in a trailer yeah i'm not going to say my office at work because that's way too extreme i'm trying to think of something a little more intimate but public um i mean even like like the waiting room of doctors that's the point is i'm not going to go try to think of something i will think of it at one point never in my mind have i ever thought that i should just start jerking off <laughs> <laughs> i mean what goes on in people's listen we're all sick and twisted in one way or another you know sure. i go to a therapist you know she does me well you know but here's the thing i there are some things that are absolutely bananas i have anxiety because i don't want to die i don't have this urge to jerk off in front of people who don't want to see me jerk off <laughs> so there's that well um, and i think that's the that's the uh that's the crux of it right is that uh you know it's it's about power it's about wielding your power over somebody so 
you know, uh, Louis C.K. And that's, you know, thinking about it just now, I'm trying to think of like a, the correct analogy for me and you. So like we're, we're doing this podcast. We're hoping, you know, that people start listening to it and people care about it. But like, you know, we don't really have any skin in the game right now as far as podcasts are concerned. But, you know, if we were in a room with like Mark Marin or, you know, somebody who has like a really successful podcast and they were like, hey, I'll teach you how to be, you know, I'll show you the ropes and, and show you how to get a, a larger audience. They were like, but come back to my dressing room with me for real quick and I'll explain I'll explain to you how to do it. Yeah. And we go back there and he goes, would it be all right, you know, if you guys just sat there and, and watched me jerk off? Yeah, I'll, I always, like, I'll jerk off with you if you're going to get me famous. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Problem, so it's really man. about the moral compass of the people, the other people involved, right? Yeah. No, so, I understand I, that. Yeah. So we would probably say yes just because we want them to tell us the, yeah. you know, the secrets. So whatever. But, you know, it you wouldn't necessarily – yeah, it wouldn't be consensual in that sense. You know, well, yeah, really, it'd be, it'd there's be no part of me that wants to see Mark no, Jer- Jerk. No, but we'll do anything for uh, to get this podcast off the ground. So I'd be like, 10 minutes, any hole, go. I um, mean, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, so back, back to the cancel culture. That's So the Kevin Spacey thing really has nothing to do with it. Um, it was more that him and Claire switching power and the transition. And I just didn't think. So it, good. I didn't think, no, you li- I didn't like that. I mean, I love that. Well, it's not just about them switching power. In the first season, it's about them being this, like, behind-the-scenes team yeah. of getting Francis where he needs to be in his career. And then things kind of veer off and get, you know, uh, start to flesh out for the other characters. But in that first season, and I mean, I don't even really like the break the fourth wall and narrate to the audience shtick because I feel like it's been, you know, kind of done to death. Um, over the past, you know, since Woody Allen did it and Annie Hall. Um, but in this particular show, at th- that particular time, I thought it was very well done. Um, and it just was a great show. That first, like You're correct. The first season is impeccable. It's so good. And then after that, just goes downhill. Yeah, I think season two is probably pretty good. Pete or whatever, the alcoholic. So anyways, um, let's move on. Another show you haven't tried watching and don't like, I liked it was Mindhunter. For reasons I like that I like that that crime. It was based off uh, true stories. I like the whole uh, psychological game of it and kind of giving you a better understanding of how uh, these guys um, basically learn more about um, the mindsets of these famous killers. Um, so I thought it was very interesting. I know you said you tried watching it. I don't know how you tried watching it and didn't watch it. Where in the first five minutes a dude blows his head off. So I'm no, just gonna. We'll s- so I did try to watch it, and then I quit it, and then I went back and f- I watched the whole first season. Um, and it is good. I will agree with you there. I do like the kind of true crime aspect of sure. it. And then also the – again, this is um, – the you know one of the executive producers on Mindhunter is David Fincher as well. So it feels like everything that he touches, at least for that first season, is usually pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I also like the, the idea that these two guys – um, we're pioneering sort of this this FBI approach to finding serial killers and figuring sure. out who they yeah, are. Was- so all of that stuff is really interesting. My only problem with the show is that it just it it's not a fast mover. You know, it's not one of those shows where yeah. you're you know. And, and again, this is this is a testament to my uh, inability to pay attention for longer than maybe five or ten minutes. Sure. So if you've got you know if you've got a scene where it's just moving really slow and there's no serial killers in it and nothing really cool is happening. I'm fading out. I'm thinking about other things. I'm looking at shiny objects. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. I'm thinking about Louis C.K. jerking off in front of people. I've, yeah. <laughs> I got a lot on my mind is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, but, I understand that. Um, yeah. 
And actually, this show also, uh, the reason I put it in there and I just thought of it now is it actually taught us, gave us some information on uh, to better identify if our kids, um, because you and I, you know, I don't know about you, me, I'm out. My kid starts yeah. pissing the bed, lighting fires and killing. The pissing the bed, that's not going to so much um, concern me. Uh, he's That's pretty seven. common. That's well, pretty common. Yeah, it's pretty common. He's turning seven uh, in June. The two big issues I have with him now is he loves going in the bathroom when I start peeing, and he tell he goes he goes, Dad, that thing's huge. I'm like, yeah, you know it, son. Wait till <laughs> wait till you get older. But the other thing, the other <laughs> the other thing is um, the killing small animals is definitely. I mean, that's like the pissing beds and fires. Like some people might like fire because it's like you know it's this thing. The killing. You're coming back with dead squirrels and cats. That's an issue. That's a major issue. That's a major issue. And that's the thing, too, is peeing the bed pretty common when you're a kid. You Most kids grow out of it. Fires, I, I mean, I just got to say, I think everyone is into fire at a certain point, right? Like, you know, you, you get your dad's lighter or, you know, you're burning yeah. ants with a magnifying glass. Everybody does that. It's a fascinating thing. We're cavemen. You know, in our lizard brains, and we want to start fires, and we want to watch the fire go. That makes sense too. Um, but eventually, you kind of grow out of that, and you're like, ah, I don't really want to, you know, burn ants with a magnifying glass anymore. That's stupid. But yeah, I, I never in my life, because I did both of those things. I have peed the bed, and I have, yeah. you know, played with fire. Absolutely, uh, but never, never hurt small animals. No. Never hurt anybody. I have you know, no desire directly. Killing small animals at all, large ones, small ones, no desire. You know, and I so. think they do say that in Mindhunter where they're like, that's the big, you know, that's really? the doozy right I there. Think so. I mean, if you have all three, then it's almost guaranteed you're going to be a serial killer. But that one is the is the big, you know, tip off. Well, well you got to start killing something, right? You don't just start you killing got, people. It's got to start, start somewhere. Yeah. Right. They don't go straight <laughs> into the. So that's a biggie. Um, next show I put on here because everyone loves this show. I don't I watch the whole thing. It's a great nighttime show. Shit's Creek. Oh yeah, great show. Love that show. I I don't I put it in there for you, kind of. Oh, you're a nice guy. Did you watch the whole series? I watched the whole thing. I you I'm okay, guys. My favorite my favorite comedy hands down is It's Always Sunny. And and after watching that, I can't watch any com. I don't think it's funny. It's a light show, like Superstore. All right. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. I don't know yeah. what happened, but we're back. So you're gonna put. Try to merge these two. Don't worry. Don't you worry, buddy. My well, editing skills are unparalleled. Well, I'll merge please, them both together. It's gonna I be... get it, but please don't edit this out. You specifically said in episode one that you're a nighttime guy. Well, you certainly uh, fucked this one up. I mean, I'm not, not a nighttime guy. I, look, I did fuck it up. I thought uh, I was hitting mute, and I hit stop recording by accident. Um, and then didn't realize it wasn't an easy process just to click record again and have it start from where it was. So what you got to do is create a whole new thing, send out a whole new link. Now, now we know this, and this is part of the, the fun process of you know starting a podcast. It's only episode two, Justin. I'm doing all the hard work over here. I'm doing all the engineering work, trying to figure out what buttons do what and what things go where and how to edit things and how to make it look good. So uh, you know I'm doing the best I can. All right. Um, do you think dropping out of college – Cause some of this? Because I'm not fucking up over here. On uh, I'm not, well, you're just sitting there. And honestly, you, you didn't have a microphone the first go around. So we all, you know, maybe dropped the ball a little bit. There's a lot of right. blame to go around. Yeah. I'm not a blame guy. I don't blame people. That's not my oh, thing. I'm all about blaming people. So let's 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 kick in. I yeah, got, please. Um, we were Where Schitt's were we? Creek. What were we talking about? Harry's picks. We got your picks. Yeah. We got your Schitt's honorable Creek. mentions. Now we're going back to... 
Now, we're, are we getting into Justin's actual picks, or are we yeah, still on honorable uh, mentions? In a little bit. I'm just going through a few more. I'm going through some ones that are very that are very good. Uh, we went through Shit's Creek, Den of Thieves. Loved it, and I just love yeah. the movie. I don't care if there's a bad rating. I, I, you love the movie too. I know. Love Den of Thieves. So I have to put an honorable mention. It would probably, and the reason I wouldn't even put it in top three is probably because I just don't want to be embarrassed. I love the movie. Well. Uh, there's no reason to be embarrassed about Den of Thieves because it is a great movie. It is action-packed. It is interesting from beginning to end. And honestly, in in the pandemic age where everyone's consuming all the time, that's a movie that gets you through. That's a good popcorn oh, yeah. movie, just the kind of thing you need, right? Because normally, you know, you have your tentpole summer movies that come out. You go and you get some popcorn. You sit in the theater. You watch it. It's just enjoyable. That's all you care about. We don't get a whole lot of those because they've been pushing the releases of those back and back and back and back and back because they want people to go to the, to the theater. But Den of Thieves, oh yeah, great movie. No denying it. I would put that in my top three, except I don't think that was the original Netflix production, was it? I think that just went no. to Netflix. But that was also Reading with Understanding. So it could have been in your top three. So let's right. let's keep going. Shot Caller, good movie. Very good movie. Uh, here's another one. Um, a good sports movie. Kind of took me by surprise, and there is a following goon. Oh, well, that's a great movie, and that's right up your alley, too. Hockey yeah. guy. Kind of a big, dumb hockey guy. That's you. Yeah. Um, Liv Schreiber, I believe, is the uh, old fighter that he wants, that he like looks up to. But it's actually, I told Tony, and Tony said that's Anna, his wife's favorite movie. Goon is Anna's favorite movie? Yeah. Are you sure he didn't mean Goonies? He meant Goon. He meant Goon. She loves Sean, Goon. I was like, Sean yes. Patrick Stifler. Well, I don't know what his name is. Stifler. Sean William Sky. And I was Sean like, there's William a Goon Sky. too. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, it's not as good. This, is, this happened yesterday. Yes. It's the second one's never as good, but the first Goon, the first one is a good. That's a good movie. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up because that is that is a solid movie, and I completely forgot about. It. And that's why it's important to have these conversations. Go ahead. Well, it's important to do research, Jim. Um, it's I'm important to have uh, comprehensive seriously. listening, but you know we can't all. Well, okay. Well, we can't all be graduates of University of Nebraska Lincoln. We can't just me and Warren Buffett. So we go to the next one. Uh, Cult following. It was good. Tiger King. Um, Ugh, really? That's in your honorable mentions? Uh, Evil Genius is the other one. The dude with the bomb around his neck and the pizza. What? I don't know about this. This is a thing? Oh, Evil yeah. Genius. It's a, a woman who... A uh, very big manipulator. Uh, some I forgot the whole story, but there's a guy who walks into a bank to try to rob it, and he has a bomb around his neck. Oh, yeah. No, I know. This is a documentary. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I I'm kidding. And the other documentary, and this is the last of the honorable mentions. You know, they're saving Private Ryan. That's on Netflix, by the way. Um, but you know, this, so. do you really need to put that though? You no, know what I mean? Like no. that's the whole thing. It's I like, wouldn't you didn't really need it. to put the Departed, but it's you know no. because it's Departed, on there. Though I could put right. I wouldn't even put Saving Private Ryan. Um, it's not my thing. So Chris Watts documentary is the other one, uh, just yeah. because it was very interesting with the cop. Um, and his body camera, and when he's speaking to him, literally that day that he murdered his family, and they don't know it's him, and it's the it's the police officer and uh, his neighbor whose house they're in, because they were looking at footage from the neighbor's like garage camera, and it's just interesting to see that it, it was a very well put, especially when you know everything that happened. So I was like, how how could I possibly like this? You know, like I like Tiger King and Evil Genius because I never heard of it. 
um, of that story. But Chris Watts, I knew, you know, he killed all three. You know, and guys, yeah. listen, I don't, I don't condone murdering anyone. Okay, it's not my thing. But if you're going to murder your family, leave one alive, or it's obviously you. Okay, <laughs> like, and I'm just saying this on a on a like an obvious standpoint. Okay, if I have two kids and a wife, and I can't stand any of them, okay, just kill yeah. the wife. Right, you might get away with it. Some Maybe. people love, but that, there's a there's a mental illness that you can't like. What's the the couple that we love who kill their kids and the, uh, each other's spouses? Lori Vallow, yeah, yeah, yeah that, the Vallows. They're, I mean, they're, those they're, people. They're not doing it out of necessity because they don't like someone. They're just crazy people who kill people. Like that's that's all. Yeah, that but is. they want to be free. But here's the thing: they don't realize that by being that free, it's almost too obvious, right? You right. know, take one of the kids, flip a coin, and kill one of them. Keep one of them alive. Because you killed all three. Who else is going to kill all three? Like that's, right. it's, like, it's ridiculous. Keep it's so, one, yeah, it's very obvious. I mean, let's, keep let's, one alive. Well, that's, that's what the, I would do. Well, that's the thing with killers. They're not very subtle, you know? <laughs> exactly. They're very or, overt. Or do it progressively through the years. I mean, no. that's kind of how the Valos were doing it before they got they the were, kids. But they were doing it in extreme, then from two different families. And then let's like, so that's too obvious because it's so, it's like, too coincidental you know for me if it was like two kids and a wife you know one kid goes in you know 2021 the next one goes in 2025 the wife's gone in 2029 and now i'm free so it's a 10-year process but i'm not going to jail ever well you're also putting your whole plan out there in the world so if you ever did decide to do that then you'd all know they'd all go back to this podcast and go oh he admitted it right on air that could make for a very good for a very good documentary too well it will be when you start when you create the documentary and i'm already in dubai so it's pointless you'll never you'll never get me so you start to slowly unravel over the course of like a, a year of doing this and you just start admitting your murders this could be good this could be good that actually that would be better to be honest with you. now that we could sell that that's for sure. i think that would be the best podcast in the world but little do you know that we're i'm podcasting out of like russia so there you're never you can't pull me out i'm safe no you're in the embassy. You're in there with uh, the guy from Wiki WikiLeaks. Yeah, I'm mean, with Edward Snowden. Life. We're doing things, whatever. We're we're we're, you know, skateboarding stuff. We're doing whatever we got to do. He's got a movie. He's got a movie with Adam with Joseph Gordon Levitt playing him. A very boring you know? movie, but yes, very movie. boring movie. But he has a movie, right? So we don't have movies. No, we don't. Okay, so those are my honorable mentions. What? We should, but we don't. Well, we so, should. You, those are your honorable mentions. That's a lot of honorable mentions. I really want to get into the nitty gritty now. I want to get into the the top picks from the top guy around sure. Justin Gardy and uh, really understand what's going on inside uh, your mind and what's going on with Netflix. Now, you can pick any show. You didn't have to limit it to Netflix. So uh, you could really kind of run the gamut and do whatever you'd like and what's your favorite. And I, I got to be honest, your honorable mentions were all pretty fantastic so yes um, yes but there's I really want to hear reasons why these three are and the third one i'll even get into it right now the third one is more of a shocker okay the oh. third one has really nothing in it that would attract me to the show um i liked it i didn't love it it was a very good show i watched all of it but the fact that um you know if we go back to the last podcast on on what i love about movies and shows, what needs to be up. This really didn't check too many boxes. And so at number three, I'm going to put The Queen's Gambit. 
Wow, I did not see that coming. But see, all right, and that's what that's how I'm. That's what I was talking about with the you know how do you interpret the top three or what are, what are your ideas and why they're in the top three. So that's number three, um, because I love the story of her and then how she becomes um, reliant on drugs and then she's off drugs and her drinking problem. Um, but then also her in a male dominated, I don't know if you call it a sport, whatever it wants to be, um, intellect game, game. Yeah. game. Um, and I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. I, 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 I like loved it, you know, and I thought it was very good. Um, and it was a show about chess. And as a New York Italian, you know, and if we go back to about 30 minutes ago when we were just shitting on the Italians, the Italians are all about, like, guns blazing, cars flying, and that's it. So, like, the fact that I was able to – now, I'm a little more intelligent than those Italians, but the fact that I, that I was able to watch this whole thing impressed me. Uh, any thoughts on that one, Jimbo? Yeah, that's a shocker to me, and all for all the same reasons that you just said. Um, but also, this is a testament to uh, because it is there's not a whole lot going on action wise. But this is a testament to great storytelling and great acting. And Anya Taylor Joy is uh, phenomenal in it. I would go so far as to say I, Anya Taylor enjoyed it. If anybody uh, dad jokes, anyway, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a great the worst fucking joke I've ever heard. <laughs> it's a it's a great show and Anya Taylor Joy is is fantastic in it and the supporting cast is really great too. I do love the the kind of the B plot of her drug abuse and and her that being sort of the catalyst towards her genius and things like that. Um, yeah, really really interesting stuff and uh, and also funny with a lot of heart too. Um, even though that she played maybe one of the most stoic. And, uh, yeah. you know, kind of heartless, ruthless people uh, out there when it came to playing the game of chess. But she was such a fragile person. So walking that line is really tough. But, yeah, she's she's fantastic. And also, it, I mean, let's talk about Anna, Anya Taylor-Joy real quick. Because I not a conventional beauty in any way, shape, or form, right? Well, I mean, wait, her wait, wait, before you go into it, you're not a conventional beauty person. <laughs> like, some No, of I'm not. Listen, I find all girls attractive for the most part. There's a, there's a good in everything. But Jim likes girls. There's a, something a little off. Well, I don't know how to say it because off. I'm not taking anything away from her, Jim. But keep going about that. But I, yeah, I you know I consider myself an imperfectionist. Like I either I, I like it when there's something a little weird about somebody. And Anya Taylor Joy's got that going on in space. She's absolutely. She, she's got a, her mouth. Her just the way her face is put together is is kind of strange in and of itself. Uh, her gait, her you know the way that she walks and stuff is is off, and then uh, you know her personality, obviously with those eyes, you know those deep and, and sort of searing eyes, uh, you know it's it's she's just an interesting she's she's whatever people have that X factor, that thing that makes you want to watch them or listen to them, um, she's got that, and uh, she's kind of a she's kind of like a now this one has um, a little bit like a homebody like the Allison Brie type that you love, yeah. So yeah, not, we're not talking supermodels here. We're talking just good looking, and there's reasons why they're good looking. Right, attractive and intelligent. That's those are the those are the types of women. Right. I, but also, again, you're right. I I do like quirk. I like quirky, you know, whimsical, weird. You uh, mentioned like another one I forgot a while back, and I was just baffled. <laughs> I know. You, I was trying to think of it too because I know we did have this. You conversation said one, before. and I was like, and don't get me wrong, she's good looking, but like, I was. Baffled, and I remember Anya Teller Joy. I remember Split was the first movie I saw of her. Really, I think. yeah. Um, good movie, decent. You know, they were you know they were locked up for a while. You know, the guy crawling on the thing—that's a little bit unrealistic. But um, 
when you're crawling, you know, get, but a good movie. It could have been better, I think. I think it could have been better, to be honest. I feel like you could say that about every M. Night Shyamalan movie after Unbreakable. They all could have been better. Because, yeah, because like, when they got the personalities and I the whole story before I watch it and he's like, kidnaps these girls, like, because he really doesn't do much uh, under that zoo. No. He there's doesn't. A few, there's a few things, and then you see that he kills those girls. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what he could have done. I know he could have done something. So, M. Night, Shema, blah, blah, blah. Get your act together and create a better movie. Philly guy. Top guy. Is he really? Oh, yeah. All of his movies take place in or around Philly. I mean, the, the sequel to, uh, or the third movie in the sort of unbreakable franchise was Glass. And that was filmed basically directly in Philadelphia. So, yeah, you know, Philly guy, top guy. No How do you deal. pronounce his last name? Shyamalan. Okay, so I'm going to say M. Night. Shyamalan. Okay. If you're listening to this. <laughs> He's not. I remember, well, you're not, but one day you may very well be, because quite frankly, you know, how did you make it? You know, you were not all that great of a hot shot to begin with. You know, that's not the point. Here's the point. Um, here's the thing. I remember back in the day, we're looking at year, I'm pulling up the year as we do. This movie had hype. M. Night. Can you finish? Oh, yeah. Can you finish M. Night? Go. Shyamalan. Thank you. Every time I say M. Night, follow, because I still can't okay. get the last name. Right. <laughs> and so I remember back, and here we go, 2004. So how old was I in 2004? 18. Yeah. I was 18 years old. The Village. That is the worst fucking movie I've ever seen in my entire life. If I remember correctly, Jim, if I remember correctly, the whole movie, they're literally living on the side of a highway. They could have just walked on the highway. Is that true? <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a little reductive, but yeah, that's pretty much the case. Yes. Just go through, get to the highway. You don't need to be, listen, just look, it's all about situational awareness, Jim. Then we've talked about this where people that's are not situationally aware. You know, you that's, gotta know your surroundings. If I'm in a village and it's like, oh, I'm stuck. Well, maybe you should just keep walking just a little bit. And if you walk a little bit, look at that. You're on a highway. Next thing you know, you're in the big city, but you're just going to live in that village. I forgot it would even happen. I thought that was a Top seven worst movies I've ever seen. That was not a great recap of the movie, but it's close enough because I agree with you. That movie is is uh, very flawed in a lot of different ways. But uh, M, we could like again, you could say that about every M Night Shyamalan movie after Unbreakable. Um, they're not. They all have flaws in them. They're all not great. Well, but hey, if if you if the two movies that guy ever if he died right after Unbreakable, we'd all be talking about what a great career that guy could have had because uh, the big one with Bruce Willis. What was that one called? I see dead people. Um, the Sixth, uh, Sixth Sense. Sense. Sixth Sense. Sense that like that like, made his... No one saw that twist coming. That was pretty good. And then uh, Unbreakable. I loved Devil. I loved Devil. You had me watch that. I watched oh, that with Devil is year. good. I forgot about Devil. I think that's one of his best ones in terms I of agree. me. I mean, I love Devil. Um, I've never seen The Happening with Mark Wahlberg, but... Oh, Mark Wahlberg. Here's all. The only thing you need to know about that movie is Mark Wahlberg plays a science teacher, which... I cannot suspend belief enough to believe that. It's it's ridiculous. Mark Wahlberg couldn't attend a science class, let alone teach one. It's ridiculous. Um, I believe Mark Wahlberg murdered someone. Is that true? No, he beat up a... a Back like in Mark Wahlberg was Marky Mark? Yeah, he beat up a Vietnamese dude and he uh, knocked his eye out. And the guy's eye never recovered. 
Um, and so it's, there's this one-eyed Vietnamese dude walking around in Boston somewhere. But apparently he's, you know, I guess he paid him a bunch of money and, you know, sure. he, now he's he's all about Jesus now. So Jesus has forgiven him and he's okay. Sure. But yeah, I mean, dude, he's a white kid that grew up in South, South Boston. Boston. He, he might be one of the, probably at that time he might have been, if not the most, one of the most racist people on the planet. So. Oh yeah, South Boston. Listen, I went to private school outside Mass- in Massachusetts. We had South Boston kids hockey. The dirtiest motherfuckers I've ever met. I mean, Filthy. loved them. The grinders. They weren't the greatest hockey players. They weren't skill guys. They were good. They dirty. love a good fight. Love a good fight. Love a good fight and just hard working Carhartt jacket, Tim's. Because that was that was in in two thousand one, two thousand two. I and it was so in that I followed. I got a Carhartt jacket. You got it. And yeah. Tim's. And from Westchester County, New York, folks, I was wearing a Carhartt jacket and Tim's. There's you no such thing as Carhartt jacket and Tim's. All right, we're still on. We're still on. Uh, uh, we're still on Anya Taylor Joy. We're still on the Queen's Gambit. So give give me number two. Well, number two is not going to be much suspense, Jim. And the reason I gave it number two was simply timing. This movie's about timing. And it's not taking away from the greatness of the movie. But the timing does help. And uh, this is your number two as well. I care a lot. Oh, man. You picked my... Well, that's fine. I guess we can can talk about... If you listened when I told you to and read with understanding, (laughs) we wouldn't be having this issue. But now that I know what your rankings are, it ruins this a little bit. And yeah, folks, little, little but, bit. a little but, bit. But but let me let me. I know you got something to say about this. I got something to say. I'll give too. you the stage for that. Go. I I appreciate you. Thank you. Um. But yeah, I care a lot. Is just it's just a banger. And so you know, I went and looked at some of the things on the here, and you'll find this fascinating. Critic score on Rotten Tomato eighty percent, which is kind of expected. Audience yeah. score is thirty five percent. And I'm shocked by that, which usually when I'm looking for movies, it's flipped, right? Where, like, the audience score loves it, but the critics hate it. I'm like, oh, this has got to be a good movie. But, uh, yeah, it's it's so good. Um, And because of the performances, really, like, uh, Rosamund Pike is amazing in it. Um, She's she's so believable. And then Elsa Gonzalez is just drop-dead smoking hot. But she's very good in the movie, too. Yeah. Diane Weist is is amazing as the as the mob boss's mom who uh, who who starts out and what the movie does so well is that it goes it, it flips juxtapositions on you so at first they're like oh Diane Weist is this really sweet old lady and then come to find out oh no she's not and then it starts out with oh Rosamund Pike is this uh, this vampire this like, sort of late capitalist uh, you know terrible person preying on people and she really is that through the movie. But you also understand like that she gets preyed upon in a way, and and she gets hurt in such a way where you start to root for her halfway through, um, and then you know she gets in the end spoilers. Uh, in the end, she gets ultimately what she deserves, which is to be killed. But you but you feel really bad for her at the end because you think she's going to get her life back sure. on track and things are going to be all right. So it really messes with your mind. You run through sort of all of these feelings about not just uh, female empowerment, um, you know, late stage capitalism. Uh, you know, organized crime, how we treat the elderly, um, you know, American rights, you know, civil liberties. I mean, there's so much in the movie that's packed into it and it's all so well done and so smartly paced and so smartly acted that, yeah. And I would say that this is a banger on Netflix. This is maybe for me, nothing like this has come out in the past three, three to five years. Um, And I want to actually go a little bit further and we can just save kill two birds with one stone and not even have this podcast, I would say it might be the second best thing that came out during COVID. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and number one, 
it might be tied as the undoing. I think those two are the two best things. Right, I'm thinking off the top of my head right now. Um, is there anything you can think of during COVID? I mean, came out during COVID, not it came out on DVD during COVID, whatever like that. No, came out during COVID, released. Right. Uh, it pr- it premiered. Premiered. I mean, Little Big Lies was horrendous. Uh, what else were the big ones? I don't know. I liked I liked Big Little Lies. I thought that was pretty good. I know that not you, Big it's Little hard. Lies. The, the the one with Denzel Washington. No one dies. Oh, that one. Oh, that one's horrendous. And I was waiting so long for that. I was like, this is going to be a banger. We got Jared Leto. We got Denzel Washington. We got Remy Malek. These are two or three of the hottest guys around. Top. I mean, you'd never see three top guys like that in a movie. Well, no, it's and, funny you say that. Um, episode one, I talked about uh, mouth movements. Rami Malek's mouth is all fucked up. You did. You did bring that up about Gerard Butler, and I agreed with you. And I'll agree with you about Remy Malik too, because it's funny. The last time I saw Remy Malik he was in Bohemian Rhapsody, which is the story about Freddie Mercury, who famously had those you know kind of gigantic teeth and yeah. a really weird looking mouth. Um, and I was like, oh, he must have worn these prosthetic teeth for the for the movie. Um, but his teeth are real close to the way Freddie Mercury's look. They're like he's got a really big overbite, and, it's, and the way he speaks is kind of very strange. And his mouth is really weird. So, yeah, I agree with you on all that stuff as well. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that was not a great movie. But what are you saying is your number one? Well, before we get into number one, and the, so that was a great movie, and then what pushed it over edge was timing, um, because there weren't many good things. And that's not taking away from uh, from I Care a Lot, um, but there weren't very many good things. And like the fact that like the audience gives it a thirty percent, I mean, that's I insane. could literally create a movie today about two squirrels jerking off, and that would be better than ninety percent of the movies that came out in the last year. Oh, and absolutely. you're telling me I Care a Lot is no? Okay, so I don't know who these people are. They're bananas. So then we go to number one. I think you know what number one is. Um, you do give know it to what me. Number- you do know what number one is um, is Ozark. Oh, yeah. I think Ozark. Okay, when 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 you're around and witnessing greatness, and this is not Ozark, but just listen for me. When you're witnessing greatness, you always take it for granted. For instance, we're looking at LeBron James, Sidney Crosby's another one in hockey, um, Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo. So those four in their respected sports are in the, probably the top five. Greatest players of all time. Um, And and some people are like downplaying how good LeBron. LeBron James, if not one, is two. He's no lower than two. So Ozark, when you're talking very good shows, very good shows, Ozark is right up there. Yeah, absolutely. Of all time, I would say. Well, I won't say of all time yet because there's still another season that could come out and things could go downhill pretty fast. And to be honest with you, season over season, it hasn't necessarily gotten better. But it hasn't gotten worse. It hasn't gotten worse. The the quality has stayed the same, and we owe that to the two leads, which is Jason Bateman and Laura Linney. They're they're phenomenal in the show. They're so good. Went to my high school, by the way, Laura Linney. Well, I got kicked out of the high school, but we Northfield Mount Herman. Shout out Laura Linney. Laura Linney, shout out. Uma Thurman there, so shout out Uma. We'll talk about I you love, later. I can't see Uma Thurman, by the way. But uh, well, Uma Thurman's got all kinds. If you're if you, weird mouths freak you out, then Uma Thurman's got all kinds of weird stuff about her that'll freak you out too. <laughs> yeah, she's all fucked up. But <laughs> but Laura 
But Laura Linney is great, man. She's so good in the show. And the thing about Laura Linney that I love so much is that she is again. She's like a she's like a Tucci. She's like one of these people that you know they're maybe not in the lead role, but they're in a second lead role or in a third lead role. And they're always phenomenal in everything they do. What I like about Ozark is that it's really given Laura Linney the opportunity to really stretch her legs and really flesh out this character. So it's the I mean the character of of. Uh, what's her? I don't know what her what her character's name is in the show, but it's it's been so fleshed out. You know, she goes from this sort of you know scared housewife into like this this criminal mastermind over the course of like you know two or three seasons, and yeah. she's so good at it, and it's so believable because a lot of actors can take a role like that and make people caricature or make those roles not believable, but she does it in such a way it's so understated and so smart. I love it. And then Jason Bateman's sort of, again, when you talk about understated, nuanced performances, he's got this sort of uh, neuroses that's just right under the right under the, the surface um, and that you feel if he got pushed a little too far, uh, he would break. But also what betrays that, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but what betrays that is the first scene in the show. And I wanted to bring this up, too, was just, you know, you want to talk about someone, like you said, like out of the gate fantastic and so you're not like kind of in awe of how great it is over time right so uh, that's true of LeBron and Christian Ronaldo and all these other people you talked about but the first scene in Ozark where they kill his partner and he yeah. talks his way out of the situation with a gun in his mouth uh, is I mean holy shit that first scene I was like man this is going to be a great show I'm so excited for this but there's been so many scenes over the course of the, of the past few seasons where Jason Bateman is in a tough tough jam yeah. But he always remains super calm and collected. Like he never freaks out in any of this in any of these situations. And I think it's a, it's a testament to his uh, Jason Bateman's ability to be a great actor and give a nuanced performance, but also this character and what kind of a sociopath he is to be able to, you know, walk away from such situ situations like he's been in and not you know completely collapse or freak out or or lose his shit. I'm going I'm going to just play on the other side for a second to that one is. They're going to be getting to a point because um, you said he gets out of all these situations. Well, how many situations are you going to go through? Exactly. Um, and it's going to be somewhat repetitive. It's going to be like the Liam Neeson of situations. They're all kind of the same situations, kind of, you know. And so, like, Sons of Anarchy was kind of like that. Jack's, was always, Jack's always got out of it. Great looking guy. If I look like Charlie Hunter, I probably have about 14 kids right now. Oh, easy. Easy. So, Charlie, shout out to you, by the way. If you ever want to be on this podcast, I'll pay you hundred bucks. Does he? Does he have any kids, Charlie Hunnam? He's got to have at least five. Or six <laughs> I mean, at this point. you know what? It was I don't know if I was having a. If I, if you're good looking like all those, like how do those guys not have like ten kids? Right. Like They're Tom Hardy, every bar Tom Hardy walks into, he knows guys and girls. All of you want to, all of them want to fuck you. Yeah. How does Tom Hardy not have ten kids? I don't know. I mean, he definitely should. I mean, the guy's hands. If I was in a bar and he came up to me and said, "Let's fuck," I'd probably, I probably would. Yeah. Um, because that guy's—he's very handsome. I, I like this. Uh, you know, when he's when he's doing interviews and stuff, he's also he doesn't put up with anybody's shit. Sure. I like that guy. He's a he's a funny guy. He's a he's a weird guy. And you know me, I love funny and weird. So, like funny. so the point next season will be interesting because I agree. The, they've been twisting, and it's like. Unfortunately, I think next season, and as far as uh, good wise, it might not be their last. Will probably be their last, and I, I don't know how much because what would be five? Yeah, I think they're only doing one more season. I think right. that's it. The Sons of Anarchy needs seven or eight. 
Seven. That's two. That's too many. That's what the that's what the British do, right? They have a series. They do maybe one, two tops, three seasons, and then they're done. And it's a bummer because you lose. You know, you love all these characters and you want them to stick around, but you get to go back and watch a show that was great from beginning to end, rather than a show that was great for one, two, or three seasons. I mean, th- what I'm thinking of is Killing Eve, which has just gotten worse and worse over every season. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a BBC one. Uh, yeah, that's, oh, that's a great that's a great idea. But yeah, um, that's a, yeah, that's the thing about the shows that are that fall off. You know, um, uh, we were talking about what was the show? Now I lost my train of thought. We're um, about it's like season two, season three. So this is a big, this is like a big, like, what are you going to do? Because you can only get out, like you said, with those situations that you said were so great with Jason Bateman. It's like, yeah, how many, so many situations times, yeah. are you going? There's only so many times. Um, and plus, if you're fucking with the Mexican cartel, he would have been dead by uh, minute four. Right. Of the, first, of, crazy shit. of the first season. But here's the thing: is you you allow for that stuff if you love the characters and they're doing something interesting. Absolutely. You know, it's like Barry. Barry's getting to a point now where it's just stupid. But I'm looking forward to the next season, and I love all the characters sure. in Barry, and it's and it is one of the funniest, most action packed shows that has ever come out. Yeah, uh, and love it. it. And, but it does it falls into that trope of H of the half hour HBO show, which is. Guy's doing all right. Something crazy happens. He's backed into a corner. You think he's got nowhere to go. Then at the last second, somebody swoops in and he's saved again. And they do it pretty much every single episode. So I'm hoping they get out of that that stupid kind of uh, arc um, for every episode next season. But we'll see. That's kind of what HBO does. But they do it pretty well. We should do a, uh, you know, when you say Barry, we should do a top five shows of all time. But when, like, that whole... um, Kind of, I don't even know what the what what the term is. You do how there's these ups and downs in the shows, and they're almost predictable to an extent. Uh, yeah, the, the girl getting shot at the end, the lawyer, that wasn't predictable. But them getting out of the jam or whatever it was, Laura Linney, whatever her name was, is always predictable. It's like kill the kid, kill one of the kids in one of the shows. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, don't kill yes. Laura, don't kill the parents because those two are the main main characters. But kill that little boy. Not the old dude who they're sleeping in the house. Not the old guy who it's his house and they happen to let his, he's living in the basement. Not yeah. that guy. That's not a huge scene when he can't breathe. No one gives a shit. No one gives a shit about killing the uncle either. The gay one. Right. Well, he's not gay or he is gay, but he doesn't want to show he's gay because he's from Missouri, whatever. The thing is, kill the kid. Kill someone. It's- not Ruthie either because Ruthie is a major part. I love – that's a weird That's a weird hot too. Uh, when we yeah. Get, when you want to get into that, I love Ruth. She is. She is a weird hot. Yeah, I love her I, in Waco. I, um, but yeah, kill someone that you would never expect, and and besides, really ruining it. And those, it's you knew the father was going to be gone. Ruthie's father. Like you knew. Isn't Ruthie's father gone now? Yeah. You knew that. I think like. Kill one of those kids. They're not doing that. They're, they don't add that much. One is going off the rails. The girl's like going off the rails because she's in like in high school. I think I'm somewhat or college. I'm making some of this up, but you I, know, I don't she's know. getting older. Yeah. She's it's getting get, older get, and going off the rails. And I, the little one, I mean, what's he doing? What is he bringing to the table? Besides make a, what? stuff, make stuff happen. That's make what stuff happen. Have him show up at home and his head is on the floor. And his Unexpected. body is in the upstairs. And Twists. there's a reason for that. Turns. Unexpected. And Top I think, guy shit. And the last thing about Ozark um, was, I, and so as not a fully prepared podcasters, where you know Jim's more prepared than I, 
I mean, um, I don't know about that. But the deal is about remembering the show. I remember going into the last season from season three, the end, and I was saying that Laura Linney and that old woman was going to start taking over. Because the old woman who killed her husband. Yeah. Who blew the two Mexicans' heads off. She would have been yeah. dead in seconds. Like, yeah. Like, they would have literally, once the shot came, there would have been a plane coming from Mexico landing and killing him. Like, you, there's no way. So that's the unrealistic part, real unrealistic part, because Mexican cartel doesn't fuck around. If you're listening Mexican cartel, free shout out. Shout out um, to the Mexican cartel. Shout out, shout out to the Mexican cartel, which is funny because this might somehow, some way down the road get to them, and then next thing you know, I'm dead, which would be a great movie, but I'm not alive, so I can't read. But why the would they? Why would they kill you? We're giving them a shout out. That's a good thing, right? Well, yeah, you get your pussies in Ozark, but that's fake. In real life, you would have killed them. Okay, so shout well, out to yeah. shout out to the, you. Um, but the take of power. But if I remember correctly, the older woman doesn't really take much. Is not as huge of a player in, in season four. I don't think she is, and I'm waiting for it. Season five should be coming out at some point this year, so I'll go back and rewatch season four. I think season and... four at the end. I don't even remember what happens. At oh, the girl, the lawyer gets shot in the head. Yeah, and they land in Mexico, and like all of a sudden, they're friends. First of all, and that's the other thing: the Mexican cartel is not like that forgiving. Okay, this is not this is not a first grade teacher. So that guy, <laughs> like you know, like you you fuck up once, and you're gonna be missing your head by you know next week. Yeah, if, like, and that's what I liked about Breaking Bad. I know that you weren't maybe a fan of that show, but the the cartels in that show, the the meth people were not fucking around. The Mexicans were not fucking around. They were going to kill your ass, um, and uh, they did it pretty pretty gnarly to a few people in that show. I mean, there's um, literally guys in Suarez hanging from bridges with their tongues out of their assholes. You know, know. <laughs> it's like so. But yeah, we agree on that. Ozark, and a lot of it also has to do with just um, consistency. And maintaining it through the five. All right. Well, listen. You took two of my three, but and I'm gonna make my third one a mic drop because you know what it is already. But yeah. I love this show, Stranger Things. It. I was one of the first people to watch Stranger Things. I know that sounds like a stupid thing to say, but that show. It, the day it came out, I was like, "This looks kind of interesting," and I watched the first episode. And over the next day and a half, I binged the whole first season. And then I was telling everyone with an earshot of me, you got to watch this show, Stranger Things. It's like, it takes all of the best sort of nostalgic parts of movies from the 80s and 90s and it puts them together in this show. And it's, I mean, it's a gimmick, but it's a really cool gimmick, what they do. Um, you know, it's got this really great young cast. It's, it's uh, you know, it's really smart. Uh, it's done really well. It's scary and funny. Um, and then, you know, because I did that, I feel like I have some sort of ownership of the show. You know what I mean? I feel like I was connected to it on a level sure. before it got all the hype and got all crazy and there were lunch boxes and whatever else is out there now. Um, and that's a show that's gone down, you know, not gone down really. They just continue to do the same thing over and over again, which, hey, if you've got a winning formula and things are working out, I say beat that thing into the ground uh, because uh, the show is still a lot of fun and I'll keep watching it. I know everybody else will, but. Um, yeah, that was my only other one. I had I Care A Lot and I had Ozark. My two honorable mentions that I had in here um, were also uh, Netflix productions, but um, I don't think you watched this one. It's the Eddie Murphy movie, My Name Is, or Dolomite Is My Name. Did you watch that? No, I don't fuck with those movies. I know you don't really fucks with those, but it's really interesting about a comedian who, you know, and I didn't know the whole story behind Dolomite, so getting that little bit of, of uh, interest behind it, learning about what happened to this guy and why he wanted to do it, and then it became this this cult classic that people love and laugh at for many, many years is uh, kind of a heartwarming story in the end. 
Um, and then the other one's Triple Frontier, which I, you know, it's not a super great movie, um, but know. it's in my honorable mentions because I, I mean, it, it entertained the hell out of me for two hours. I don't know about you, but it, it did, definitely got the job done for me. Headshot. Yeah, I mean, and it's a great, it's a cool story, and then the, how the group falls apart because they keep losing the money and the whole they did the whole thing for the money and people, you know, it really gets you to sort of examine choices and examine who you are and, and what you've been doing with your life. Uh, and I thought it was uh, it was more interesting than just a, a heist movie and then a survival movie. It had a lot more to it. Um, but yeah, those were mine. I think we've we've really run the gamut here. I feel like we could do another hour on this for well, sure. Let me, let me jump in real quick and then you can say your goodbyes. Okay, perfect. Go ahead. Because I'm just looking real quick because I want, I want the audience to get the full thing. You missed two. You missed two that everyone everyone's going to be like, you guys are fucking ridiculous. All right. Okay. What did we and, miss? And this is straight off Netflix. This is not even the you can't under, read with understanding bullshit. This is actually the Netflix movies. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> uh, Tony said Uncut Gems, which is not – and I was like, that movie's horrendous. That's not my top three. I don't now. care about Jewish guys selling diamonds. It's not my th- – they do sell diamonds. The Diamond District, it's great. Great thing. You get discount diamonds. I got a discount Movado from the Diamond District for like 40% off. Donna Karen, friends with my aunt. No big deal. Flex. We're diamonds, Jews. But that's – okay. So two, two, Netflix, <laughs> two Netflix movies. One we're going to hate. You might have watched it is Pieces of a Woman. I never watched it. That's going to be up there for anyone that's ever listening that um, is a little more um, intelligent than us, maybe. Uh, wow. And you okay. have watched this movie? and you more did open, like No, it? I haven't, but it, oh. uh, it gets very good reviews, I believe. It's a very good movie, apparently. All right. I'll have to watch it then. You know, but so is, so is Lincoln, you know. So is... Right. Know, you know, so yeah. is apparently Tenet. And I, I, you watched 10 minutes of it, and Terrible. I refuse to rent it. So... You know, the other one is a shocker that you missed it. And now I lost it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Now I lost it. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, shocker. Masterful class. Think about it for a second. You got any ideas? Is it is it specifically Netflix? Is that what we're talking about now? Um, I believe so. Yeah, I I, it's a movie I would hate. Didn't watch it. So I didn't okay. watch it. It's a movie I would hate. You, I believe, loved it. There's also someone else at work that that's like right up his alley. What do we got? The Irishman. Oh, yeah. Now, I mentioned that at the top of the show because I figured uh, that was something that Harrison would have picked. Oh, uh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm surprised you but, didn't pick that. Um, I don't like long. That movie's too long. I don't like it because it's too long. And it's also not very interesting to me. I know that like they've done a lot of movies about Jimmy Hoffa. They've done a lot of movies about... Uh, you know, the, and of course, Scorsese is a master and can do. And I mean, you've got Pesci back, you've got De Niro. It should have been a banger, but I mean, look, I think whenever you try to take actors like that that were in, you know, movies that are at Goodfellas and Casino and Raging Bull and all these iconic movies, and you try to kind of recapture some sort of uh, magic that they had uh, when they were younger, you just you can never quite do it. Um, and that movie has a lot of redeeming qualities, obviously. Um, because there's a lot of great things going on, but it's just, it wouldn't make my top three, but I understand it's definitely should be an honorable mention. You know, it got a lot of awards or at least it was nominated for a lot of awards. Um, But yeah, definitely not uh, Scorsese's best work. You mentioned Scorsese's best. Well, one of my favorites is The Departed. 
um, and uh, and of his latter day movies, of his post, you know, sort of late uh, or post eighties kind of movies or whatever, nineties on movies. Everything after Goodfellas, De- Departed's like in the top two or three. It would be interesting because um, I saw and I saw I was clicking on another one, The Trial of the Chicago Seven, Jeremy Strong in it. It would be interesting. Best HBO. I did. I did. Wa- I did watch that, and that's it's it's all right. It didn't it didn't really do it for me. Um, I feel like there's a lot, there's a great story to be told there as well. I just don't feel like they did a great job of telling it. Um, now Sasha Baron Cohen is great in it, and the other actors in it are really great too. It's just I don't know. It didn't really you know I wasn't enthralled in it, and it, it's definitely my politics. It's definitely things that I you know I'd be interested in, and uh, but yeah, just it didn't get it across for me. What got me thinking about that one um, would be we should do. Uh, a podcast on top shows on HBO Max were from like 2010 on. Uh, just because I love it, we got to put parameters around what we're doing we because do. because there's so much out there. There's so much to talk about. So if we don't make it kind of small and and focused, then it can just kind of. And I mean, this was pretty in my mind was pretty small and focused. But we we've been all over the map. We're almost at like a you know a, a hour and a half here, two hour show. So. Um, I'm going to wrap it up. I think we've said all we can say about this subject. I think maybe we need to revisit it at a certain point, or maybe we'll just do, you know, next we'll do Amazon Prime and then, you know, yeah, Hulu I, and the, all, all the other streaming services. I think those would be interesting. I think, I think the reason, um, you know, Hulu, you're going to have to do something with exclusivity because like, they got the NBC bullshit. I mean, it, it's it's pulling a lot. Like, don't they have Shark Tank? I mean, technically Shark Tank might even be You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things. Yeah, that's very true. Well, you couldn't – that's what I'm saying. That's why we got to put parameters around it. Yeah, you we'll can't put, just – We're know. always putting parameters. Um, well, we're big parameter guys. We're East Coast guys. We're parameter guys. We're top guys. And for uh, top guys, uh, I would just like to say, uh, yeah, we got to go. I got dinner waiting for me downstairs. Um, but yeah, for the Top Guys Movies Podcast, uh, I'm Jim Davis. And this is Justin Gardy. And keep on watching those shows. Keep on scrolling.